Hey everyone, welcome back to Pretending with Dice. As always, I'm your host and game master, AJ. Uh, welcome to the penultimate episode of our Star Wars storyline, Tempest Squadron. If you haven't listened to the previous four episodes, I'd 100% recommend going back and listening to them first, uh, just so you know what's going on, what brought us to this point, who the characters are and whatnot. Um, as we're nearing the end of this storyline, I can finally announce what we're going to be doing after this uh, story comes to a close. Uh, directly after our next episode, the finale, uh, we'll be doing a kind of Q&A discussion, sort of casual hangout episode with the cast, taking a look back at it and hopefully answering a few of your questions. If you do have anything you'd like us to answer, you can send us your questions over on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, or you can email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. Uh, it would just be super great to hear from you guys and answer any questions you might have, uh, so send them in as soon as you can. Uh, following the Tempest Squadron Q&A episode, we're going to be diving straight into a brand new story and game system. Uh, I'm really happy to share that we're going to be playing Shadowrun 5th Edition in a custom UK setting. Uh, it's going to be run by our very own Prontz the Wizard, Eden. Uh, as a, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, I can tell you that we've actually already recorded those episodes. Uh, Eden did a really, truly amazing job running the game, uh, the storylines are loads of fun, and uh, hopefully those episodes are going to be something really special. Uh, we can't wait for you all to hear them. Uh, as I said, uh, they'll be going up following the Tempest Squadron Q&A, so in uh, three episodes' time, that begins. Okay, so before I recap the story, I just want to say a huge thank you to our amazing supporting voice cast for this episode, Teresa, Matt, Eden and Jason. I think you'll all agree they did an amazing job. Uh, okay, so let's just briefly recap the story so far. Rebel pilots Klein, Thnok and Cortez were sent behind enemy lines to the Imperial world of Thracis 7, following a cryptic message which Alliance Intelligence believed could lead to some replacement X-Wing fighters for the fleet. Arriving on planet and following the clues to the Sleeping Fleet Cantina, they were told to return the following evening for a meeting with the sender of the message, a contact they know only as V. Uh, returning to the bar as instructed, they found it busy and the bartender was no help in identifying their contact. After engaging a few of the bar's patrons, uh, V revealed her presence to Thnok, uh, just as Cortez and Klein were sure that another person was who they were looking for. Eventually managing to extract Cortez from the arms of an over-eager bar-goer, they all reconvened back at the spaceport, uh, where V outlined the reason they had been brought to Thracia 7, uh, to extract her and her father from right under Imperial notice. In exchange, uh, V and her father would join the rebellion, bringing with them several fighter craft and the plans to build more. Stealing some Imperial uniforms from V's two unsuspecting co-workers, the group set off into the desert for the Imperial decommissioning facility, their mission now clear. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. The night air slowly melts away as the light of the morning sun begins to flood over the wide, flat salt plains of Thracis 7. 
Speeding across this vast desert, the Imperial decommissioning facility their destination are Thnok, Cortez and Klein, along with their contact, Vela. They have been travelling for about an hour, having left the planet's capital, Regis City, far behind them. They are making good time, and good thing too, as time is assuredly a factor in the mission before them. Kicking up a lot of dust. Yeah. <laughs> you still have some way to go before you reach the facility, about an hour and a half of travel left. Vela turns and looks over her shoulder at you three from the driver's seat. Right, okay, we'll be coming up on the perimeter soon. We should go over the plan one last time before Snot gets in the crate. I agree. Cortez? <clears throat> I mean, well, we, need to, we need to get in there quietly, so... Get in there quietly, yeah. Smuggle in the little guy. Yep. You're the little guy. <laughs> I think I'd forgotten. I think it'd be handy if Snark was the one to sneak around to the sensor room, because being so small, he could try and... He probably will get in undetected. Difficult to spot. So if he can bring the sensors down without arousing suspicion, that leaves you and I clear to signal for a close encounter to come in. Sure. And then once we regroup, we head for the fighters. Yeah, man. We'll give that a go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And plan B is uh, we just shoot our way out. Shoot first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should head to the Tempest and find my father as soon as we can, really. I haven't spoken to him since before I went to meet you guys, and he'll need to know what the plan is. Let's get the old man, then put the call out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bear in mind, you've got to get back to the ship anyway to get the, the fighters... So yeah, yeah. So we need to head in that direction anyway. Yeah, Let's do it. Okay, drop the knock off. Head to the ship. Drop the knock. Knock <laughs> and roll, baby. Knock <laughs> and roll. Okay, so you essentially you 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 just to recap the plan then. She's gonna you're gonna sneak in through the main entrance. You two disguised as workers. You knock hidden in a box. Mm-hmm. Um. You're going to drive up to the facility. Thnok's going to get out. The three of you remaining in the speeder are then going to drive off, leaving him there next to it. And you're then, and you're just going to wait for him at the um, the ship. Yeah, and then I, I thought so. Yeah, Drop jump out the box and have to find my way. To you have the... to solid snake your way through a facility that you have no map of. Yeah. So this is an interesting plan. We'll see how this turns out. Um, <laughs> a plan, nonetheless. It's really well thought out compared to our previous plans, but then it's like, yeah, shoot up, are we going to stick the bar? To... Hey, it got results. We found V, didn't we? By that comparison, this is fucking expert stuff. Yeah. After roughly an hour more of travel, you begin to see on the horizon what you know to be the huge shapes of the Veneta cruisers stored at the facility. As you start your final approach, the scale of these ships really becomes apparent. They tower over everything else from horizon to horizon, and you can understand how you initially mistook them for mountains during your first landing on the planet. Quite a sight, isn't it? Thnok, you should probably get in the box. We'll be at the gate in a minute. Okay. I jump into the box. Okay, so yeah, lifting the, the lid, it's, it's got quite a few tools in it, um, but there is just enough okay. space for you to, to kind of curl up in it. It's right. very uncomfortable, though. It's tool time, baby. <laughs> you force the lid down on him. So you're just like stamping on the lid. Ow! Ow! It's got a click. Ow. It's got a click. Um, in my ass. <laughs> okay, leave the talking to me from here on out. We'll all have to swipe our IDs at the gate. Keep your heads down and don't look into any cameras. You look enough like Dirk and Janssen to pass, but if anyone gets a good look at your faces, they'll know something's up. Understood. Okay. 
So, with Snock hidden away in the large equipment container in the back of the speeder, you very quickly come to the perimeter fence which surrounds the whole decommissioning facility. It's about 30 feet high and looks very sturdy, like much of the functional imperial architecture that you're used to. Vela is steering the speeder towards a large gateway entry point. As she brings the speeder to a stop in front of the closed entryway, you can see that it does appear to be unmanned, but to one side of the gate is a sheltered computer terminal with a rather obvious surveillance camera watching over it. As Vela gets out of the speeder, she beckons the two of you, Klein and Cortez, to follow her. Get those cards ready. Try to look casual, like you've been here before. She swipes her ID card through the terminal, which beeps encouragingly, but there's still no sign of movement from the gate itself. Okay, go for it. The security tower won't open the gate until we've all been cleared. Try our cards, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Try yeah. cards. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so as each of you swipe your card, a file photo quickly appears on the screen with the words approved for entry below it. You can see that luckily you both look vaguely like the person that you're impersonating. Um, ah, sweet coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you look kind of, they, they kind of look like your stunt doubles. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like you have a similar facial structure and hair and such, uh, but there's enough differences that if anyone was really paying attention, it'd be quite obvious that you're not them. So after both of you have worked the terminal, the gate begins to swing open and the two of you and Vela get back into the speeder to head inside the facility. What's going on? Are you guys swiping cards? Shut up! At least he's still alive. More's the pity. <laughs> Stop keep your voice down. Sorry, it's lonely in here. <laughs> just, We're just... right next to you. I love you guys. <laughs> Vela guides the speeder through the main gate, and before long you are surrounded on all sides by row after row of smaller Old Republic ships. This is quite a graveyard. For sure, yeah. Uh, you briefly try and count what you can see to get some idea of how many ships are being stored here, but the further in you go, the tougher it is to see where this vast ghostly landing field ends. Vela turns the speeder left, uh, along a row of clone trooper transports. Uh, all of the access hatches are sealed shut against the elements. Passing by, you can see that some of them still bear blast scoring and signs of battle on their outer armour. Ahead of you, you finally catch sight of your destination, the main facility building looming up out of the sea of silent craft. Okay, um, when's a good time to kind of pull over? I mean, do we want to get too close to this? I, I mean, are we going in through the front door? We're coming up to the main building. Is there any, are there any visible alternative ways for Fnock to get in, like ventilation, Make a ducts or anything check. like that? Make a perception check for me. Okay. Five plus ten. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Uh, okay, so you, you can sort of, yeah, with that I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bit more of the layout of the place. So there are, um, it's obviously the, the kind of main door approaching you, but that does appear to be kind of quite well trafficked, so maybe not the best place to sort of just drop it next to. Um, you can see along the side there are there's a series of sort of narrow windows that maybe he could crawl through. Um, if you could get up to them, but they are sort of, they're just kind of letting in a, a little bit of light in these ground floor rooms. The, the facility itself is about four stories tall, um, with a slightly larger central building that's about seven or eight stories tall. Uh, visible on top of this central tower is a sort of series of antennae and sensor dishes. You do see there are, there does appear to be some exterior ventilation which is sort of heading down the side but it's it's kind of coming from the roof and kind of going into the side there isn't like an access hatch down on this this lower bit that you can see from where you're at right and it's it's too high up for him to get in on his own he needs to be up higher to get in 
Um, or does well, it yeah, that's leading from the roof, kind of down the side of the building. But it doesn't go right down to the ground floor at all? It so. does, but still coming into the building about ten feet up. Right, okay. So if you could get him up <clears> the roof somehow or something like that, maybe. Throw me! <laughs> if you can, can get him through one of those windows... If you can get him through one of those windows and then find the ventilation... Yeah, the windows are about six there. feet up. They're about a f- foot and a half deep each. Right. Just sort of, again, it's like... Um, they're like an upper kind of lighting thing rather than like a, hey, let's look at this. They're not like bay windows or anything like no, that. Yeah. It's not something that people stand and look out of. No, no. no. Sounds okay. ideal for an ugnaught, really. It does, but how are we <clears> going to get him up there without making it look... Because us holding up a random toolbox to a window is going to look suspicious. Sure. Cortez? So literally, are we, I mean, is it worth taking another perception as we get closer? I mean, it might be. Yeah, you, can, you can only see the one side of the building as well. Um, Let, uh, let's say, can we pull up in the speeder, kind of almost doing a U-turn as if we're going to pull up, and but using that to look or survey a bit closer around. Well, so kind of do a bit of a loop of the building. Do a little bit of loop, yeah. yeah. Doing one of those weird park jobs you see sometimes. Yeah, it, okay, I'll, I'll just, just to clarify things, it is quite a large building. Like, this isn't like a tower, this is more no. of a... Um, Office block. Yeah, it, it's a couple of hundred metres easily on each side. Yeah. Um, but would that get, also give us a closer look at the actual entrance? Oh yeah, you could get a closer look at the entrance. Uh, yeah, um, but you if know, you wanted to see other sides of the building... If it's less guarded, to... maybe we can actually just get the toolbox in there. Yeah, I mean, if you... Um, yeah, I'm just saying if you want to see other sides of the building, you'd have to drive mm. round. Right. Basically. I mean, I think that, like, I mean, this is dependent, of course, on the, the actual entrance, but yeah. if it looks lighter, I mean, we've already got through the main the main doorway. If if the entrance here looks light, maybe we could just drop the toolbox indoors when we get in there and then leave that close to maybe a venting system inside. Not a bad idea. If it's, if it's low-guarded. <laughs> okay, so you t- what are you specifically uh, I'm going to perception check on the main entrance as we come closer just to Just to see the, the sort of state of... Re- yeah, more yeah. so that. Yeah, just look for general... How how um, well guarded is this entrance? Could we just walk in? Okay, yeah, make make a roll. It's a seven. Oh, it looked like a one uh, for me. Okay, it's still a nine. Say, yeah. <laughs> it's still pretty low. I could see it's a still one. Kind of low. Yeah. yeah, okay, seven. Nine. Seven. Nine total. Plus two, yeah, nine. Nine total, okay. Um... You don't really get a a real good sense of the full security layout, not with not with that role. No. Um, but I can tell you that it's it's a fairly large door. Um, <clears throat> it looks sort of automated in that. There's no ex- there's no guards outside or anything. Um, there is another one of those card readers sort of on the outside, uh, and a security camera kind of looking down at the door. But that's that's kind of that's all you can really see. I mean, I, I know we're going on. Uh a low check there of what we've seen but I, I'm almost tempted to say let's literally go in through the front door and do that Okay. act almost like maintenance or something yeah, yeah. Use, the, use the security check totally naturally just go hey look we're coming in with some you know yeah you guys you know drop the you're dressed like you belong here you've got the yeah. IDs of people that work here why not take it to the to a maintenance room or something like that and yeah. and then leave the toolbox Okay. We'll do it again. Sort of acting like you're meant to be there because yeah, to make <coughs> make people think that you're meant to be there. Is Vela's still with them at this point? Yeah. She, yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, just going through the front door and maybe just ask her like, where is the best place to leave me in the toolbox that won't arouse suspicion, but it's also like yeah. near enough to where I need to get to uh, deactivate the sensors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody asks us what we're here to fix, just say new filters for the ventilation system. Yeah. Yeah. 
that way he'll explain why we're crowded around a particular event at any point if that's how we do it yeah 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 if they ask what you're there to do just be like oh we're, we're here to fix uh, your business do you know where it is because i don't see any of it here <laughs> <laughs> all right okay um so vela pulls the speeder up outside uh, there is kind of like a little sort of parking bay it's not like she just skidded to a stop in front of the door and be like right let's roll yeah got a um, pro yeah, I mean, it, it might be dusty and in the middle of nowhere, but this is still a working Imperial installation. Uh, you can see there's several other speeders of varying types also parked in the area, uh, but looking around, you don't see anybody about kind of watching over them or anything. Vela brings the speeder to a halt, uh, shutting off its engine, and the three of you hop out. You guys grab that toolbox and follow me. We'll get take it. one end. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the other end. <laughs> Have you fallen asleep? Yeah. <laughs> it has been about 20 well, minutes, well, half an hour since you got in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Cortez has got one end of the toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the other end and I deliberately, accidentally drop it to wake the knock up. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. My bad. Okay, so from the two of you, uh, Klein and Cortez, can I get a just a straight strength check? So roll a d20 and add your main strength modifier from your, just your, your regular stats. Because between the two of you, you can carry it, but it's kind of a... Uh, Natural 16. Natural 16. No additional. No additionals. Roll high, maybe. Oh, for God's sake, six. So six. five. Okay, so you guys really struggle. <laughs> I got the heavy end. <laughs> you really struggle with this. Um, I didn't expect that Ugnaught to be so damn I heavy. I'm a lopsider. <laughs> Klein, you're, yeah, you're definitely having most of the weight of this, and you guys kind of really awkwardly kind of, between the two of you, kind of carry this chest, like, tool chest towards the door. <laughs> oh. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> and uh, you, it looks like if there was an outside observer, it would look like you guys are just a, a pair of like incompetent Cluts. really, basically. Yeah. Uh, like you're doing your best, but he's really letting the side down. Um, Vela kind of makes it to the door first and turns around. Like she thought you guys were like right behind her with the chest, and she looks back, and you're about 20 meters back, still kind of. Man, it's that kind of this, uneven, this, awkward. It's not like a, like, it's not like a, like, a, like a trolley or anything. Yeah. Loaded me onto, like, just gotta, yeah, like just manually carry it yourselves. Like there's yeah. no like dot, like dolly or anything. Like it's, yeah. This um, is where we realise the toolkit actually has wheels on <laughs> the bottom of the box. Make an intelligence check for me. <laughs> Three plus two, five, five. <laughs> Boy, I really hope this thing has wheels. <laughs> You can't see him from where you're looking. <laughs> Damn my feet! Oh, yeah, directly onto the top of the box. You can't see any wheels. Yeah, looks pretty wheelless up here. Um, uh, do you want to check for wheels, or are you just? I'm going to check for wheels. I want to check for wheels. Yeah. Six. Was this perception? I think we just did like an intelligence, intelligence check. This, I mean, well, I this isn't so much checking for wheels. This is like, <laughs> are just, wheels just, real? Are you guys smart enough to think that there might be wheels on it? Yeah. And what are eight. wheels? Eight. I mean, you, you also look at it and go like, wow, this would be real handy if this had wheels. <laughs> Both of you think it would be really helpful if this had wheels. It, yeah, it'd be really helpful if this had wheels. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, Are we closer to the door now? Yeah, she swipes her card and the door just opens. You guys don't need to do it. Um, I, I was kind of hoping she'd wait because then we could put it down and have a breather before picking it up again. <laughs> Imperials don't get breaks. This is true. Okay, let's keep going. Guys. Okay, so you guys lug it inside. Uh, can I get another strength check from you guys? <laughs> maybe, maybe Klein's about to get a second wind. Maybe you can... 16. Uh, you say, okay, so you're 16 again. 
16, so 15. 15, oh, okay. Right. So yeah, it's a bit easier The going. door's now, opening makes, yeah, made me feel opening. so much better. Yeah, you, you feel like, okay, we're, something about the door's opening, you're like, okay, we're inside, we're making it. I can and, feel the air con. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, you're like, oh, uh, relief. Um, so the two of you manhandle the Ugnaught-filled crate inside following Vela. Getting your first look around, you can see that it's pretty much a standard imperial design in here. Uh, dark grey walls with bright white lighting strips along the edges of the floor and ceilings. The main door that you've just passed through has led you into a wide main corridor, which terminates at a T-junction about 100 feet away. You can see a number of people moving around about their business, uh, both technicians and people in more formal imperial officers' uniforms. Follow me this way. We'll head up to the second floor. There's a storage unit that we can leave the box in. Cool. Vela leads you a short way along this main corridor to a service elevator, and the three of you ride it up in silence to the second floor. Stepping out, it's immediately obvious that it's a little quieter up here. Uh, looking left and right, you can't see any other personnel moving around. Heading round the corner into a side corridor, you quickly come to a smaller door which leads into an equipment store. Okay, put him in there, put him in there. Quickly. Okay, let's uh, place him in the storage unit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so heading inside, there's racks of tools and maintenance equipment lining the walls with a large bank of power cells on charge in the centre of the floor. Looking around, there's no sign of anyone at all in here. Is there a vent in this room? There is a vent in the room. Excellent. Uh, as uh, an ideal height and things around for him to climb up, I guess. Or should we just let him do that? Climb the shelving units and jump in? Mm, probably be able to make his way up there. I can, cool. par- I can parkour my way into it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, all right then. we tap him on the lid of it, just saying, like, knock where we dropped you off, give it, like, 30 seconds, we're going to head on, and then you can get on with what you need to do. When we give you the signal, just come out of the box and make your way into the vent. I immediately burst out of the box and say, <laughs> what? <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> The idea is to be subtle. Oh, sorry. What? Get back in the box and wait. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's out of the box now. So. <laughs> what, the Ugnaughts out of the box? Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. Okay, sit, okay sit here, be quiet, and wait for a signal then. I'm going to that vent, I guess. Uh, at the doorway, Vela suddenly quickly clicks her fingers to get your attention. Shh, someone's coming. Quick, hide. I get back in the I box. mean, why do we need to hide? Because we're... <laughs> we're, gonna look, we're in costume Yeah, but you're still not those guys. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. back in the box. Oh, we'll look busy. I hope. <laughs> the door slides shut with Vela still in the corridor, and only a second or so passes before, through the small ventilation panel in the door, you could hear the sound of approaching footsteps, followed by a voice that you haven't heard before. Chief Mora, what are you doing here? Oh, Major Tark, I was just grabbing some power cells. My crew are running reactor integrity tests on the Liberation, the Tempest, and the Tranquility. Ah, I was under the impression that you'd requested several days of leave. Is that not correct? Um, that must have been a clerical error, sir. I've got leave coming up at the end of the month, but today I'm working. For an agonizing moment, you hear nothing. And even though the three of you can't see him, you can almost feel the intensity of Major Tark's scrutiny in the pointed silence and don't dare to make a sound lest he hear you. Hmm. Very well, Chief Mora. I will have to look into who is responsible for this oversight. Carry on. Thank you, Major. Have a good day. You hear footsteps again, receding down the corridor. When they're no longer audible, Vela opens the door to the storage room, looking a little flustered. Phew, that was close. That was Major Tark. I think he bought my story, but if anyone would have known you two aren't who you're pretending to be, it would be him. We'd better get on with this. She steps into the room and the door closes behind her. 
He's the whole reason I reached out to the Alliance. Since he got put in charge, they've really started clamping down on everything around here. You sounded pretty uh, uptight about that paperwork. I mean, whoever, you know... Yeah, he's a real pencil pusher. Yeah, whoever yeah, put that across his desk is... Better watch out. <clears throat> well, I did put the paperwork in. He had that right. I just didn't expect to run into him up here so quickly. Anyone else wouldn't have questioned me being here. Yeah, you should probably, yeah. it's probably a good thing you're leaving. Yeah, it sounds like you've, you've, at minimum you're going to face some disciplinary action. Uh, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably good you're getting out of here, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'm not exactly expecting these guys to honor my overtime pay after we pull this off. Look, there's the vent cover. You should be able to use that to sneak around this place. Okay, where am I going? That depends. There's a couple of ways you could do this. They're both kind of risky, to be honest, but we've got to get it done. If you're planning on hacking the system, you'll need to get through to the computer core in the central tower. It'll probably take them a while to realize the sensors are down that way, but then they could just turn them back on again. Unless you damage the core, but that'll just bring security running. The other way to do this would be to get down to the power generators in the sub-basement. If you cut the power, the whole system will go down. The generators have been having some issues recently, so you'll probably just have maintenance crews heading your way, at least at first. Cutting the power isn't exactly subtle, though, and you'd have to make sure they can't just turn it back on straight away. It sounds as though it, I've got a better shot of uh, doing the second option of just, uh, like, cutting the power entirely, rather than just doing it via the... because that's only... sounds like that would only be, like, a temporary solution. There'll be, like, a much smaller window to get everything done. Um, so... Well, whatever you think is best. You're the expert. Signal us when you're done, and we'll figure out a way to get you to the Tempest. Okay. Uh, where am I going? Oh, right. Well, the computer core is over there in the central tower. The vents do lead that way, but you'll have to climb up a floor to get over there. Okay. The power generators are down in the sub-basement, four floors down. I think the vents should go all the way. Right, okay. So I've got to use these vents to go downward. Uh, that's going to be fun. Okay. <clears throat> See you guys later. I'll lock the door behind us when we leave. We'll head over to the Tempest and wait for your signal. So the three humans leave the room, Vela making sure that the door is locked behind you. After it closes, Thanok, you begin shimmying into the narrow ventway, which you find is only just large enough for you. Klein and Cortez, you follow Vela quickly back down to the ground level, leaving the building by the way that you entered, and you head back out to the speeder. We'll have to take the scenic route over to the Tempest, I reckon. Act like we're doing a bit of work on some other ships first. I think I had Tark fooled. But the last thing we want to do is lead him straight there if he's keeping an eye on me. Okay, so don't act weird. So, uh, true to her word, uh, Vela guides the speeder on a long route around the facility grounds, stopping once or twice, pretending to check on various monitoring devices and such. Uh, she pulls the speeder up to an old-style Republic Y-Wing. The design is very similar to the models that you're used to working with in the Rebel fleet, uh, but it still has all of its original plating, giving it a slightly bulkier appearance to the fighters that you're used to. She pops open the cockpit canopy and makes a bit of a show of checking and adjusting some of the control panels inside. Give me a hand, will you? We need to make it look like we're working. Yeah. Clive and Cortez just pull out cloths and pretend to wash the <laughs> windscreen of the wife in. <laughs> so, eventually, after about 15 to 20 minutes of this scenic route around the grounds, she turns the speeder so that it's travelling along the row of massive Veneta cruisers. You can just about make out the nameplates of each of the cruisers as you pass, the lettering faded after nearly 20 years here in the desert, and as you pass along the row of ships you can read the names Liberation, Tranquility, Intrepid and Vigilance 
before Vela finally brings the speeder to a stop at the bottom of the boarding ramp for the cruiser Tempest. I'm guessing this is our stop. Yeah, this is it. The Tempest. She's a big ship. That she is. No match for those new Imperial-class destroyers, though. Those things are massive. The three of you make your way up the Tempest's boarding ramp. At the top, Vela works the ship's airlock mechanism, and you step inside. As the hatch closes behind you, you get your first sense of what a ship of this size is like when it's been mothballed like this. It's eerily quiet in here, without even the background hum of any power systems that you subconsciously associate with being on board a working starship. It's almost completely dark in here too, although every 20 to 30 metres along the corridor, a single lighting panel is still active, letting you see where you're going at least. A little weird, huh? A ship this size so quiet? The reactors are all offline, but we keep the long-term capacitors charged and run a couple of smaller systems. Life support and things like that. Nah, no need for life support when it's on the ground like this. Thinking about it though, I probably will need to power the reactors back up to open the hangar doors. That story I fed Tark about integrity testing should keep them from raising the alarms when I do, luckily. Anyway, follow me. We'll go up and meet my father. She leads you along a winding route through the ship's corridors, eventually stopping outside of a doorway. A sign on the wall next to the door reads Pilot's Quarters. She keys open the door, revealing the room's interior. Like the rest of the ship, it seems deserted, but as you look closer you can see a plate of food has been left on a table in the corner, and the lighting panels set into the ceiling are still giving off a slight glow, as if they've only just been powered down. Vela calls into the room. Father? It's me. You can come out. I've brought two friends. We can trust them. There's a pause of a second or two before one of the large equipment lockers set along one wall opens and a man steps out of it into the room. Dressed in simple civilian clothes, he looks to be in his late fifties, although by the lines on his face and the greying of his once dark hair, it appears that the last few years may not have been too kind. He's currently sporting a short but rather unkempt beard. Stepping across the room, he pulls Vela into a big hug. Vela, thank the stars, it's you. It, it's been days. I was beginning to worry. You're lucky it is me, leaving food out like that. What if someone else came on board without me knowing? I know, I know. I got sloppy. I'm sorry. Releasing his embrace, he looks up at the two of you for the first time. Now then, uh, who, who's this? This is Klein and Cortez. They're from the Rebel Alliance. They got my message. We're here to get you off this planet. A wide, relieved smile spreads across his face. Tr- truly? Then I thank you. You could not have come at a better time. I take it Vela told you about our new Imperial problem, Major Tark. Yeah, he sounds like a real asshole. Well, you could say that. So, what's the plan for getting out of here, then? We're going to bring down the base's sensors, then fly you out on a transport right from here, on the Tempest. He nods, but then a frown creases his brow. What about my X-Wing fighters? We can't just leave them here, Vela. These guys and their friend are pilots, father. And, well, I'll be flying the fourth one. I take it these are flight-worthy, they're ready to go? Oh, oh yes, uh, they're built from scratch and lacking a few comforts, but they'll definitely fly. Okay, good. Now, you said you'll be taking me out on a transport ship, is that right? You don't need to worry about that. We've got a ship coming down to take you out of here first. Well, I hope I can bring my droids with me. (laughs) How many droids have you got? You got droids? Uh oh, uh, um, not a lot. Are they here now? They're scattered around the ship. I I can round them up, though. This 
This isn't going to be a problem, is it? Um, we, we, I, I mean, we just had mixed, uh, we've had mixed uh, experiences with droids. So, how many do you really need with you? Do, well, I mean, do they have to come? Well, well, yes, they're my friends. How long have you been here? Uh, about five years now, isn't it, Vela? He's got droid friends, okay. At a guess, how many droids do you have here? Only about five or six. We got space on the encounter. We'll round them up. Yeah. Can you get them here as quick as possible? Y- yes, that won't be a problem. I'll need to borrow R3, Father. Oh, yes, I'm sure he'll be happy to fly with you again, Vela. Thank you. He gestures back at you, Cortez. There you go, then. One less droid for you to worry about. Cool. Um, should we put... Um, uh, we got comms to knock. Should we let him know that we've found... Yeah, send the signal, get him to make his way to which whichever method he's going to use to get the sensors down, and then we'll let him know when when okay. we've got everything ready, and then he can cut the power, or whatever he's going to do. Right. And then once he's done that, we call the encounter. Okay, so Thnok, not having waited for any kind of signal from the other two, and having already decided to go for the power core in the basement, has started elbowing his way through the ventilation system of the base, looking for a shaft that drops down to the lower levels. Up ahead, Thnok, you can just about see an intersection. At this moment, though, your comlink starts to beep. Thnok, you got Thnok. Thnok, it's it's Cortez here. Uh, we've. Uh, hey man, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Um, we found Vela's dad, and uh, we're gonna round up his little buddies. Uh, how you doing? What is the what? Yeah, he's got some droids that we have to collect. Oh, more droids. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm in a van. I'm just about to drop down to the um, power supply place. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to cut the power in a minute, okay? Okay, we'll, we'll give you the signal. Do we need to give him the signal? Yeah, tell, yeah. tell him to wait for our signal to cut yeah. the power because we need okay. to get everything together. Okay. Uh, when you get there, wait for our signal to cut the power. Okay, hurry up. Cortez out. So you end the call and continue towards the intersection up ahead. Arriving, you find that it does have a vertical drop, which would allow you to go down one floor. Assuming you're heading down, can I get a climb check from you? Oh, uh, 11. 11 plus 1? Oh, no, it was 10 plus 1. Oh, 10 plus 1. Okay, yeah, um, you don't have too much difficulty because the, the shaft just kind of goes down one floor. Yeah. And um, just let gravity do all the work, baby. <laughs> just sliding down. It does make a little bit of a squeaking noise. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, my hands start to hurt after yeah. a while. Yeah, it's like, it seemed like a cool idea at the time, but like as you get down... Um, yeah, your hands are a little bit stingy. Yeah. Sort of thing. The last few feet, I just sort of let go of the sides and sort of plop into plop. the... Yeah. Yeah, it makes a little bit of a clanging noise as you drop onto the, the vent flooring, but um, you sort of hold still for a second and you don't hear any movement. My cat-like reflexes. Yeah. So you're kind of at like a, a cross section here. You've got... You can go either north-south or east-west. Hmm. Uh, where did Vela tell me to go? She, she didn't really give you uh, detailed instructions on the vent layout, uh, only so much as to say that you would have to head up a floor if you wanted to cross over to the central tower, or head down four floors if you wanted to head to the basement. Uh, provided that's still your goal, after that last drop you've got three more to go. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, this, uh, this moment in time I can only move like... Yeah, there's, you can't continue dropping down just from dropping. where you are. Okay. Let's try going south. 
South? Okay. So, uh, heading in the direction of, uh, well, what you think might be south, uh, you travel for about 30 feet before up ahead you can see light filtering into the confined space from the side. Looking through the mesh covering that's on that side as you come to it, you can see that the ventway is passing through what looks to be an employee break room of some sort. Sat at a table in the room are two workers in maintenance coveralls. Okay. Just take a second to listen in to what they're saying. Maybe yeah. I can get some intel. Maybe, maybe. It's bullshit, man. We have to pull double shifts just because Mora takes last minute leave. Yeah, tell me about it. I spent all night doing dust clearance on a bunch of lads by myself while she's off living it up with Regis with her two favourites. I swear when I get off this shift I'm putting in a complaint. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame you. While listening in, Thnok, you've been slowly edging along the narrow passageway. At that moment, as you move your hand to a new position, the metal ventway creaks loudly beneath you and you freeze in place, not daring to make another sound. Huh. Now the vents are acting up. They'll probably have us fix that next. Ah, screw em. I'm taking my break and there's nothing they can do about it. You wait motionless for another couple of minutes, listening to the two workers continue to gripe about their jobs. Eventually, they break over, they get up and leave the room, and you breathe a long sigh of relief before moving on again. Anyway, yeah, no, I carry on. Yeah, carry on. Uh, so you keep moving for about another 30 feet, uh, and you come to another intersection. Um, we continue south. Continuing south, okay. So you don't travel far to the south before you come to a dead end. Right. Inspecting the wall ahead of you, however, you can see it's actually composed of a series of rotating slats, and pulling on one, you can see that on the other side is a fine mesh screen, and beyond that, the exterior of the facility. Yeah. So if I yeah if I go through that, I'm outside. Yeah. Um, um, I'm one floor up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, but. As you look directly to your left, there is a little alcove with another drop down. Oh, okay. So yeah, head into that alcove. Head into that. Okay, can I get a, another climb check? This one does seem to continue down, although you can see a, uh, a sort of a, a hole sort of halfway down. It's, um, okay. So 15 plus 1? 16? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, you make your way down without any trouble. So you can continue down to the basement. Yep. All the way to the basement, you, you then still have to make your way down to the sub-basement from there. Or you can come off at the ground floor and have a look around there, if you like. Um, no, I'll just head straight to the basement, straight I think. Straight to the basement? Yeah. yeah. Heading, sort of, you, you very quickly get the sort of lay of the land of the kind of the extent of the vent network where you are, and it does look like you're going to have to get out of the vent at this level. Okay. Um, okay, so I've... Am I near like a like one of those openings of the vent, like the sort of? You can yeah, you you find a way out. Okay. Um, if I just look through that and make sure that I'm alone wherever I am. Sure, make a perception check for me. Uh, uh, that's fifteen. So it's plus four is nineteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got a fairly decent vantage point from where you are, so you get a good sense of the room that you'll be dropping into. Uh, this part of the facility's basement level is pretty open plan, with a large number of crates stacked neatly in rows all around you. Uh, looking to your right, you can see the main elevator shaft, uh, which is currently closed. Uh, after a second or two, a man in a technician's uniform walks across your field of view, heading for the elevator. As you watch, he swipes an ID card into the console next to the doors, and after a moment they open and he steps onto the elevator itself. The doors close and after waiting a little longer, with no other signs of life visible to you, you think that it will probably be safe for you to get out of the vent at this point. Okay, yeah, so I, I 
bust out. Bust out. Yeah, you drop um, five, six feet to the floor, but you, you knew it was you knew what the score was, and yeah, yeah, you were prepared. Uh, so you so you land on your feet. Uh, looking around, as I said, uh, there's a lot of sealed storage crates uh, all around you, and to your right is the elevator. Okay, so yeah, head over to that elevator. Sure. Um, and uh, press the button, I guess, and wait for it. It does nothing. Oh, is it only going to work if I fucking work here? Oh. There is a card reader slot on it. Okay. I don't have a card on Wait, do I still have my Imperial ID card from before? Would that work on this you thing? You do have your card from before. Will that work on this thing? If I don't I try know. It? Try and find out. I try it. Okay. The panel lights up, but it doesn't immediately give you an approval message. Instead, it asks you to confirm your Imperial ID number. Make a use computer check. Okay. Uh, that's five. Plus ten. Plus ten. Fifteen. Okay. Uh, the computer whirs for a couple of seconds, uh, obviously processing your request. Um, then the elevator doors in front of you slide open. Thank God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get inside the elevator and uh, press button for the sub basements. Yeah, the uh, the doors close and it very quickly starts to drop down that final level that you need to travel to get down to the sub basement. <laughs> yeah, you get the feeling you probably don't want to use that card too many times in this facility. Yeah. Okay, so after the very quick elevator journey, you step out into the sub basement. Up until this point, you've been hearing the kind of low-level background hum of power systems throughout the Imperial facility, but as you get onto this level, it's much more pronounced, and you can tell that you're in the right place for the base's power core. Mm. The elevator has opened out onto a wide central corridor, and stealthily moving along it, you're able to follow lines painted on the ground to the power core's control room. Uh, quickly sticking your head around the door, you can see a technician working in the room who's currently engrossed in his data pad. Okay. Is he the only person in there? Uh, make a perception check for me. Uh, 17 plus 4. Uh, from what you can see, yeah, he appears to be alone in the control room. Okay. Um, how to go about this? Do I have any piano wire on me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... I'm pretty small. I, I sneak into the room. I, I want to try and sneak as far into the room as I can without being noticed. Okay, make a stealth check. <laughs> 3. Three or so th 13. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll roll and see if the technician is aware of your stealthy approach. I got a six perception, so yeah, he doesn't see you. Okay. Uh, so yeah, even though you're you're not making the most stealthy of moves into this room, it's, uh, well, it's pretty loud in here, and he's busy checking readings on his data pad, so he's not aware at all of you sneaking up on him. Okay. Um, so yeah, I pull out my blaster and uh, stun him. Stun him. Okay, yeah. make an attack roll. Okay. Uh, 16 plus 7. So yeah, that's definitely a hit. 23. 23, yeah, that's a hit. Okay, so okay. roll some damage. 3d6 plus 3. 2. Uh, 8. 12. 12 total? Uh, no, plus 3. So plus 15. 3. 15. Yeah, this guy just, like, without a word, just goes down, just hitting the... As I shoot him, I say, hey, fuckhead! <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. <laughs> so you come up behind him, you pull your gun, like you sneak up behind him. Yeah. You go, hey, fuckhead, he turns and you just shoot him and he. Just, <laughs> and he gets, like you've got a, a real look of surprise on his face as he kind of. Timber! Yeah, he's kind of blasted backwards a little bit and just kind of crumples on the floor. Okay. Stunned. I just go through his pockets real quick. Sure, okay. Um, you find 
a com link. Okay. This fucker got an ID card I can take. He does have an ID card. Yeah. Okay. Yoink. He's got his. Uh, he's got his data pad, and he's also got like a little mini toolkit. Okay. No weapon though. Right. Okay. Could I? I can use this data pad presumably to cut the power. If it's I... currently tied into the system. Yeah. He seems to have been taking down some readings on power levels, so it might be quicker than hacking in yourself. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm, oh yeah. You, I'm gonna. I prep this guy's data pad to cut the power once I get the signal. Sure. Okay. Um, do I need to roll for that or? Yeah, make a uh, use computer check for me. Uh, the fact that he's already tied into the power system isn't going to make it hard for you to just shut the thing down. Uh, but if you're trying to make it harder for them to turn it back on again, that's going to need a little skill. Uh, four. Four. Fourteen. Yeah, you're you're able to patch in a command to make it work, uh, but you're not too sure how long that will really keep them from powering it back up again. Uh, you'll just have to kind of hope for the best with that. Cool. Okay. So you're kind of ready to go. Okay. While all of this has been going on, back over on the Tempest, Vela's father has led her, Cortez and Klein from his hideout in the pilot's quarters down to the Tempest's hangar deck. Looking up to the centre of the chamber as you enter, you can see the huge bay doors, securely closed, blocking out the elements, and your escape. In its heyday, each of the wide maintenance bays lining this deck would have been filled with arc fighters and transports for the clone army, maybe even an occasional Jedi starfighter. Now however, they are all very much empty, that is, except for the bay which Dr. Mora leads you to. Along the back wall, your eyes are immediately drawn to the unmistakable shapes of fighter craft, currently hidden under large dust cloths. An R3 unit wheels itself into view from behind one of the X-Wings, and begins to beep happily as it sees you all approach. Hey buddy, how are you doing? Keeping Dad out of trouble? With a noticeable spring in his step, Dr. Morris steps forward and pulls the dust cloth from the closest X-Wing. Here they are! Well, what I've been able to cobble together over the last few years. In turn, all of the dust cloths are removed, and you get a look at the fighters. They look complete, although it is quite obvious to you that they were built by hand. All of the panelling is unpainted, and there's just a general sense that they're not quite up to the finished standard of the ones that the Alliance is currently flying. Yeah. So, uh, yes, the frames are brand new. Most of the electronics and panelling was taken from derelict fighters here on the base, though. Uh, we had to smuggle the engines in from off-world, but 16 of them over the course of five years isn't too conspicuous. Says you, I'm the one who had to fake up the requisition orders. He smiles at her and continues, obviously excited to be showing you his fighters. So, no torpedoes for the launchers, I'm afraid, but the laser cannon should work fine. I stripped them from some of the old Arc 170s. Not as powerful as some of the more modern guns, but they should suffice until we get them back to your people. He pats the nose cone of the nearest fighter. I'm rather proud of these. He looks wistfully at them for a second, before turning back to you. He reaches into his jacket's pocket and pulls out a data card. And here's the blueprints. I'm guessing they are what got your attention. You kind of did, yeah. You'll get them, don't worry. I'll hold on to them just for safekeeping until we're out of this place. I'm sure your people will be itching to see them, though. Um, do you have access to those? I mean, is there enough energy in this place to open the doors when we need to go? Like, Not like this, no. I'll have to go power up the reactor to get those doors moving. Okay. And that's the only way out, right, with, with these ships? With these, yeah. We'll need to land your freighter in this bay, too. Yeah. Okay. That will attract attention. It will. Yeah, but if Snock does his job, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, do you want to get him on comms and see if he's found a way to turn the power off? We can check in at least, see how he's doing as we we're here. Okay, I'll leave that to you. Snock, your comlink beeps again. Golden years. 
go. What, what, what? Hey, Cortez, what's up? Uh, hey, Knock, we're, we, we found the, um, the ships. We're pretty much here ready. We just need to check how you're doing, whether you're ready to cut the power. Yeah, man, I'm in position. Uh, stunned this data technician guy or whatever. Nice. Yeah, he went over like a sack of shit. <laughs> okay, so if we, we're going to put the call out as well. Uh, that'll give you 20 minutes or... I mean, actually, how are we going to get back together after this? If everything's about to happen, we all need to make a... He needs a way back. He needs a, yeah, this is probably where we shouldn't have split. <laughs> yeah. With the power down in the facilities, the doors will, some doors will probably just still be open, so you probably make a clean run to a speeder bike and then... Yeah, I'll do that. Or whatever. Okay, so... If we... Okay, so... Vela, if you get ready to sit, turn on the reactor and get those doors down. Right. Fnark, wait for my signal. So, so we'll give him the signal, he'll drop the power, mm -hmm. and then reactor goes on then, rather than do it beforehand. Well, hang on. With timing this tight, I should go start that now. It's not an instantaneous thing, you know. It'll take a couple of minutes to warm back up. Will the, will the warm-up be detected? It might be. But they think we're here to run reactor tests, remember? It shouldn't ring too many alarm bells if I power it up before he does his thing. Okay. okay. Pass. Okay, get it get it warmed up. After a few minutes, I'll put the call in for yeah. not to take down the reactor. On it now. I'll try and round up the rest of Dad's droids while I'm at it. She heads off out of the hangar bay. We'll, and we'll need to put the call out to yeah. uh, Close Encounter. Once the knock has confirmed he's cut the power. That's true, yeah. You can put the call out. Okay. Okay. Mm. So, Over the next several minutes, you start to hear and see signs of the ship coming back to life as Vela powers up the reactor core. Lighting panels come online in the ceiling, and you slowly become aware of the increased background noise as the thrum of the reactor vibrates throughout the ship. Okay, I think we're ready. Knock? Uh, yes. Alderaan. You say Elderwand? Alderaan. Oh. Just cut the damn power. Okay. Uh, yeah, I pressed the thing on the data pad to uh, cut the power. Okay, red lights begin flashing throughout the control room as the reactor suddenly powers down. For a second, you're plunged into darkness, lit only by the stolen technician's data pad, and then deep red emergency lighting flickers to life, bathing the whole level in a crimson glow. So dramatic. Uh, okay, I've had a whole ass. Can I try the elevator just to see if it still works? Sure, you, you can try it. Emergency yeah. power? Yeah. Like, I, I, so I put this guy's ID card on it. The elevator panel does briefly light up, but only to display a warning message that reads, system inoperable, use emergency exits, before going dark again. Okay, uh, I go to the emergency exit. Uh, as you look, on both sides of the elevator, panels in the wall have slid aside, revealing ladders, uh, also lit only by the red emergency lighting. Right, yeah, I start, I start shimmying up that ladder. You going left or right? Uh, Let's go left. Left, okay. So you begin climbing, um, and you can see that the side of the ladder shaft adjacent to the elevator is made of a thick metal mesh material, uh, but it does let sound through. And after you've climbed only about 10 to 15 feet up your ladder, you can hear the unmistakable sounds coming from the opposite side of the elevator shaft of people climbing downwards. Uh, you would guess coming down the other emergency ladder. Okay, I dart back down the ladder. Okay. Uh, and wait for them to 
I actually, no, I, I stay like on the ladder, like on the very bottom rung, so that I'm ready to like go back up. Sure. Um, but kind of out of view because there's obviously yeah. like dim lighting in there. Um, and yeah, I just I, I wait for them to get to the bottom of their ladder. Okay, so as they step away from the ladder and into your view, you can hear their voices, and through the dim emergency lighting, you get a good look at the two technicians who've come down to check on the power core. Uh, it appears that it's the same two workers that you overheard earlier while crawling through the vents. Huh. Um, Wasn't MB meant to be on duty down here? Yeah. Of course he wanders off when the power system's completely balked. You uh, you watch them walk away up the corridor towards the uh, the power core room. Right. Well, I, don't, I haven't got like a clean shot at them. Uh, you do have a clean shot, as it happens. Uh, they're pretty much walking just directly away from you at this point, down a wide open corridor. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I yeah I try and take take them both out. Okay. You won't be able to do it in one shot, but you can. You okay. definitely got the jump on them. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. I try like the. The guy furthest from me, I am for him okay. first. Are you doing stun or are you just shooting? Um, yeah, that's, why fuck about? Let's kill him. Uh, <laughs> sure, okay. Um, okay, so make an attack roll. 12 plus 7. That's a hit. 19. Yeah, 19 is a hit. So roll some damage. Mm. 3, 4, 7 plus 3 is 10. 10? Okay, so the guy that you just shot at uh, takes your blaster bolt full in the back and it's just launched forward along the corridor landing on the ground dead with a smoking hole in his back nice all right so although he's in total shock at the sudden death of his partner the other technician is now 100 percent aware that you're there uh so we're gonna have to roll some combat initiative right okay um so 11 i got a total of 10 so you have the initiative in this combat knock okay okay so uh you're going it's your go again you're still hanging on to the rung you're not moving at all or anything uh, yeah, I'm staying where I am, yeah. Okay, uh, what are you doing? Uh, taking another shot at this guy. Taking another shot, okay, roll, and uh, make an attack roll. 13. 13. 13 actually misses this guy. Because now, now, now that he's aware of you, so uh, he just ducks away and the blast bolt zings past his head and he kind of goes against the wall kind of behind a, a pillar. Right. Okay. He does put, you do see him pull a small gun out of his, um, okay. off of his tool belt. Okay, yeah, I, I head up the ladder, out of sight. Okay, right, so it's uh, it's his turn now. Uh, as you're both in near darkness, uh, lit only by the red emergency lighting, I'm actually going to roll a perception check for him to see if he notices you heading up the ladder. That is a 19 on perception, so he definitely sees you climb out. And yeah, yeah. You get the feeling that he's maybe creeping forward a little bit, um, but you, he definitely can't get to where he can see you from now, his thing. Right, okay. Back to your go. Um... I'm just going to keep going up the ladder. Keep going up the ladder? Yeah. Okay. Uh, make a climb check for me. Just to see how far you make it. I mean, it's a ladder, so it's not, you're not going to fall. Probably, plus one, like, yeah. Uh, four plus one. Okay. In a stressful situation, yeah, you, you can you can climb up about 20, 30 feet. But, um, yeah. It's quite a lot. But, yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. yeah. Okay, so as you're climbing, the technician is going to try and fire at you with his blaster from the bottom of the emergency shaft. That's uh, only a six, so his aim is way off. Uh, as you're climbing the rungs, hand over hand, a bright red blaster bolt flies past you in an upper direction, uh, narrowly missing you. Right. Uh, sort of just looking down, you can see the guys below you kind of aiming up at you again. Right, okay. How far am I from the top of this? Uh, are you going, how far up are you going? There's, you're in sub-basement, there's basement, ground floor. I'm gonna get to the ground floor. Get to so the ground floor, yeah. you can make it there, next in this 
next turn. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to keep climbing. Yeah, not firing back at all or anything? No, no, I'm just trying to get out now. Okay. Um, so yeah, you make it there with your movement. As an action, I'll let you open the panel door. Okay. But you're still kind of on the ladder sort of thing. Right, okay. Panel door is open. Yeah. So the technician at the bottom of the ladder has got time to take one more shot at you uh, before you jump out of the shaft at ground level. That's a 12, which I believe is still a miss on you, so yet again his shot goes wide, continuing up past you further up the ladder into the darkness. Can I take the shot at him before I jump out of the Yeah, thing? sure, totally. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay, make an attack roll. Four. <laughs> Four plus seven. Plus seven. Yeah, you, it's kind of a tough shot for some yeah. reason. You know, even though you're just firing straight down at him, he kind of ducks away. Yeah. And um, and you, you miss, and the blast belt hits the bottom of the, um, the shaft. Yeah, nuts to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what are you doing? You're jumping out? I'm jumping out. Okay. Can yeah, I close well, the door behind me? Yeah, sure. Close the door behind you. Can I, like, block it? Can I... Is there anything that I can sort of... Any way of sort of stopping him from... Um... Can I block it with anything, or... Could you shoot the panel? Bolt it. Yeah, if I shot the panel with that, yeah, would that stop him? You couldn't shoot it this turn, because you just used your shot. Uh, yeah. But, um... I mean, yeah, it's got, it, if he's climbing back up, it would take a couple of turns for him to get there anyway. Okay. But, um, yeah. Okay. Well, I close the door behind me. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, running. Yeah. The so exit. looking around, you're at kind of like a main sort of, um, there's a, quite a wide corridor. Mm. And looking left and right, you do see there's a couple of other technicians further up who, these guys look a little scared that this Ugnaut who's just gotten out is firing <laughs> yeah. down. Um, but looking around down one arm of the T-junction is a um, is what looks to be kind of like a large exterior door. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm heading for that. Yeah, okay. Um, so, as you sprint along the corridor towards the door, a couple more blaster bolts fly past you, missing you by inches. Uh, looking over your shoulder, you can see a pair of men in Imperial Army uniforms have turned the corner at the T-junction and are chasing you, uh, firing as they come. They're uh, still a fair way up the corridor, but you now definitely have a pursuit on your hands. Yeah, they're just like more cops. Yeah. <laughs> or not. A couple of poor blood characters. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're kind of firing after you, but you do manage to make it to the door. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I open the door. Like, can you I open the door? the guy's card in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. So you, you swipe the ID card in the door. Uh, much like the elevator control panel downstairs, the screen is blank uh, due to the power situation. Uh, when you swipe the card here, however, when it turns on, the message displayed reads, main power interrupted, activate emergency override, with a question mark. And a single large button on the control panel lights up. So you're pressing yes. 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 <laughs> uh, the door kind of cracks a little, open, doesn't open the whole way, but kind of opens a little bit in the half half open. Right. Just enough space for you to get through and outside. Yeah, okay, I sneak through and yeah. get outside. Okay, so yeah, you're now outside. Inside you can hear the sounds of shouting and that, and power still hasn't come back on. Okay, that's um, good. But you feel like it maybe might just be a matter of time. Okay. Um, do I need to let these guys know that the power's down? That is totally up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just you get, haven't so far. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, they've probably... They yeah. haven't called the close encounter yet. Yeah, I, yeah, um... Yeah, they're gonna call them. Just uh, yeah, let them know. Oh yeah, by the way, the power's down. I did. I did the thing. You couldn't have told us that ten minutes ago. Well, you, you told me to do it, and I did it. I thought that was okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you two then pick uh, me up, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We've been 
warming up here. That's, well, we, we can't pick him up. He's got. We can't pick you up. You've got to get to us and get him one of the fighters. Oh, whatever. Okay. Steel speeder. Okay. Anything? Any transport? There's a couple of speeders there? parked across the way. Yeah. Um, none of them look particularly fast. They're sort of like personnel speeders, but they're definitely quicker than you walking what would probably be a 20 minute half an hour walk to the ship yeah okay <laughs> I, yeah so I, I jump on one of the speeders and uh, hot wire it yeah <laughs> it kind of chunks to life and you can see there's a couple of like um, little sort of um, knickknacks kind of on the dashboard and that and there's a whole bunch of like empty food wrappers in the footwell uh. of the um, of, like on like the passenger side um, yeah. it it doesn't smell particularly great in here, yeah. but it it, it start it kind of chugs to life, and you, you're able to kind of peel away from the building. Uh, glancing in the rearview mirror, you can see the pair of guards uh, trying briefly and failing to chase you down on foot as you speed off. Uh, they do raise their blasters and fire at you again, however. One of them kind of splashes off the back, um, uh. the back windscreen, and it kind of smashes. Oh. And uh, but it oh fuck! It, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the back kind of um, glass smashes on it, but you keep going. And the other one just misses. Okay, I lean out the window as I'm speeding away and just yell, "Kiss my piss!" <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you leave them far behind you and make for the bulky forms of the Veneta cruisers some distance away. At this moment, the comlinks of all three of you, Thnok, Klein, and Cortez, activate. In fact, Thnok, so does the system built into the dashboard of the speeder that you stole. It is then that you hear a voice, one that you haven't heard before. People of Thresis Seven, this is Captain Cyrus of the Star Destroyer Dauntless. In response to the growing threat of insurgency by anarchist rebels, your planet is now under the protection of the Imperial Navy. There is no cause for alarm. Your planet and homes are now safe. I got a bad feeling about this. That's going to do it for this part of the story. Our next episode, the finale of the whole uh, Tempest Squadron storyline, will be available, as usual, in two weeks' time on Thursday the 2nd of August. We really hope you'll join us for it. In the meantime, you can get in contact with us on Twitter and Facebook, both of which we are at Pretend With Dice. You can also email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. Uh, remember to send your questions and comments for our upcoming Q&A episode to one of those as well. Uh, if you're an iTunes user, it'd be really great if you can leave us a rating and review. It all helps us to find new listeners, and we'd just really love to hear what you all think of the podcast. So for now, that's our show. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.